0: The race for the next mayor of New York City continues to heat up and today I'm happy to have Sean Donovan join us who has recently officially announced his candidacy and he's already raised a substantial amount of money. Sean was a top housing official who served in both the administrations of President Barack Obama and Mayor Mike Bloomberg. Sean was the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development and then Director of the Office of Management and Budget during the Obama administration. And under Bloomberg, he was Commissioner of the Department of Housing, Preservation, and Development. So with that, welcome, Sean.
1: It's great to be with you, Josh.
0: Likewise. I appreciate your time. Um, So I'd love you to just share your background with our listeners and what motivated and what your interests were around housing and urban development.
1: I'm a lifelong New Yorker who became a public servant because I grew up in a different time of crisis. I I was born in 66. And as a kid in the 1970s and even the 80s, I remember watching homelessness explode on our streets. I I remember watching the South Bronx and so many other neighborhoods crumbling, literally burning to the ground. And, And Josh, it lit a fire in me to go to work on behalf of the city that I love. And so I started volunteering in a homeless shelter in college. When I finished school, I came back and started working at a nonprofit in the Bronx and Brooklyn, rebuilding those very same neighborhoods I'd seen as a a kid. And so that's really where my deep passion for this city and and public service comes from, was seeing the city that I love falling apart uh, and, and seeing quality of life and you know, the very civic fabric that holds a city together, tearing to the point of breaking. And when I announced my run Tuesday this week, I said, we have to begin by repairing that fabric. We we need a mayor of all New Yorkers who can actually bring us together in a moment of crisis and lead us forward.
0: So what did you do after the um, Bloomberg administration? What led up to your decision to, to run?
1: Look, I think... Unlike anybody else in this race, I know what it means to lead through crisis. I I was housing commissioner in this city after 9-11. President Obama asked me to become housing secretary in the midst of the worst housing crisis of our lifetimes. When Sandy hit our shores and, and my friends and neighbors lost their homes, their businesses, even a friend who lost his daughter in Sandy, he asked me to help this city build back stronger and safer. I don't like to think that disaster follows me wherever I go in public service, but three weeks after I started as budget director, Ebola emerged. And I ended up in the situation room side by side with Dr. Fauci, with our military leaders, with President Obama, Vice President Biden. And we went to work making sure that a global threat didn't become a pandemic that cost tens of thousands of New Yorkers their lives. You know, obviously, I, I led the federal budget, the $4 trillion federal budget at a time when we were able to reduce the deficit faster than any time since World War II, while still invest in big priorities that are important to New York. So that really is a record of leading through crisis that I think is unmatched in this campaign.
0: So, you know, with your background, I certainly want to talk about the, the housing issues facing the city, specifically affordable housing, homelessness, crumbling public housing. And, you know, right now, rent relief issues are, are very important. So as mayor, how would you address those important
1: issues? And I come back to this often. I think what, what's different about me is it isn't just talk. Uh, when I, I hear from New Yorkers, they want a public servant, not a politician. They want results, not rhetoric. And I believe New Yorkers will want a a mayor who's actually gotten these big things done. And so just on the issues of housing and homelessness, I led the strategy for President Obama that dramatically reduced homelessness around the country. We reduced chronic and family homelessness by 25%. Working with Michelle Obama, we actually ended veteran homelessness in, in 80 cities and states, not reduced it, but ended it. And so that's an example where I really think I have a record of, of results that is unlike anybody else who's, who's running for mayor.
0: What kind of initiatives were so successful that you were able to do that?
1: Part of it is you have to recognize that shelters are a Band-Aid on the problem we really need to reimagine the right to shelter in this city as a right to housing. Uh, And and we called it housing first. It was the big innovation that that came with the work that we did in the Obama administration. But what it takes is really understanding that it's not just a roof over someone's head, it's bringing together all the things that somebody needs when they're sleeping on our streets. And, uh, you know, Think about it, if, if you're having mental health challenges, if you're having substance abuse uh, issues, a shelter isn't gonna solve those, those problems. You need what's called supportive housing that brings together permanent housing with the supportive services that you need. And you know it, it kills me, Josh. I, I talked about growing up in this city and seeing homelessness explode, feeling the sense that our quality of life was falling apart. We now have more homeless people in this city than, than even back then, when I was growing up, more than any time since the Depression. And what kills me is we know how to solve this problem. And, and even more, the human costs of homelessness are huge. The fiscal costs, too. It's actually cheaper to solve the problem than put a Band-Aid on it. And mm-hmm. that's because, you know, if you're living on the streets, where do you get your health care? You you go to an emergency room, you cycle in and out of Rikers and the uh, uh, mental health wings of our public hospitals. And so this is an area where we can do the right thing and save the taxpayer money at the same time.
0: You know, staying on the topic of quality of life, I mean, safety, right? It all starts with safety. Absolutely. So I really love your, you know, take on the police department versus the community. You know, obviously, this is a national issue, not just for the city of New York, but crime has certainly increased due to COVID and the pandemic and a lot of other factors. But as mayor, what would you do to address safety in the city and the relationship between uh, the community and the police force?
1: Such an important question. And, and again, what I'd say, Josh, is you don't have to take my word for it. I've actually done this. I've, I've worked with mayors across the country and don't forget under president Obama, first time in 50 years that we've reduced the crime rate and the incarceration rate together. So I've seen leaders like Chuck Ramsey, the African-American police chief of Philly, who was really able to make cultural change and keep the streets safe. For me, we really need to do three big things. One is we need to reimagine policing, we need to reduce what we're asking of of police officers, and we need to reinvest in the kind of things that are gonna break the cycle of incarceration. When I say reimagine, what I mean is we need to train and uh, create real transparency and accountability to make sure that we're not creating the kind of tensions between police and communities, particularly our black and brown communities. And I know we can do that again because I've seen it done, and I've been part of those efforts. We also—I was part of the 21st Century Policing Task Force with President Obama that worked with so many mayors. But second, we need to make sure that we're focusing the police on guns and violent crime. We shouldn't be asking them to police the hallways of our schools. We shouldn't be asking them to be mental health experts and picking up the homeless. We shouldn't—I I, was—I was at an open street in the South, in the Bronx the other day. These are the areas where they've closed off the streets mm-hmm. to. Get, more room to play. I learned that 75% of our open streets around the city are the responsibility of police. When we know that if you have a community organization that's looking over them, making sure that there's programming and other things, they work much better. What we need to do is reduce those kind of roles that put police in conflict with communities and really focus them on the things that communities want, which is safety, get the guns off the street, reduce violent crime. And then the last thing is we've got to be reinvesting in the kinds of things that break that cycle. And, and I'll just give you one example. When I was housing commissioner, we took some of our housing vouchers and we gave them to folks coming out of Rikers. And I, I got a lot of criticism. People said, oh, you know, these are the undeserving poor. Why, aren't you, why are you giving them to folks who have you know, been involved in the criminal justice system? Josh, the results were amazing. After a year, 95% of those folks were stably housed, they hadn't committed another crime. They were getting back to work, and and that's just from a housing investment. If if we really put all the job training, these we could break the cycle of incarceration in this city, reduce what we need to spend on criminal justice, and reinvest it in the kinds of things that work.
0: You know, staying on that theme with the economy, what, what are some initiatives that you feel could benefit? You know, recharging the economy.
1: Uh, we were just talking about quality of life. There's no question that quality of life is a key part of what makes our economy go. I, I, I was out in uh, Jackson Heights talking to small business owners the other day, and they're deeply concerned about the issues of safety, of homelessness, and others that are driving their customers away. Uh, one of them had just had their store broken into. So quality of life is clearly an, an issue there. But the other thing that, that we Absolutely need is starting with real help from Washington. Most New Yorkers don't know this. Every year, New York sends twenty six and a half billion dollars more to washington d c than we get back. Mm-hmm. It's time for washington d c to help New York in our time of need. and i'm really I'm pretty unique in this in this race on that. Obviously, I know Joe Biden really well. I know Kamala Harris. I've worked side by side with her. I, I know just about every leader that's gonna go into the uh, Biden administration. And I, and I know our, our leaders in Congress very, very well. So there's nobody better in a better position to help New York City get the help we need in our time of need. And in fact, even over the summer in the last few days, I've been called on by leaders of Congress to advise on what they ought to be doing on housing and so many other issues. And so I really am a, am a unique candidate in terms of being able to get the help that we need from Washington and then to roll up my sleeves and get to work, working with small businesses uh, and making sure that we recharge this economy uh, at a time when so many are concerned about just putting food on the table.
0: Let's talk about one of the arguably most important jobs of the mayor, which is the Department of Education. So how do you see as mayor you could improve the DOE?
1: Well, uh, you'll see, Josh, in, in a few weeks, we're gonna be releasing a very, very detailed uh, education plan. I have over 200 volunteers working on, on policy. We put out our climate plan today. And I think you'll see over and over again, I'm gonna be the candidate of ideas. And uh, with very, very specific proposals that really provide a broad and deep vision for the future of this city. So there are lots of things that we could talk about in education, but I think the most important one right now, and I say this in a moment when we have depression level unemployment, I have two sons, young men, 21 and 18. My 21-year-old's a senior in college and is, is, has to go out into this job catastrophe we have across this country right now. This is really personal for me. We have to do a better job of creating what I call a career, uh, a cradle to career pipeline. We need to make sure every kid in public school, starting in middle school, starts to get connected to the jobs of the future, gets trained on, on tech and everything that they need. In high school, we need programs like P Tech and others that are really successful in starting to get uh, folks connected to college and to potential careers. And then we've got to do a much better job of connecting our high schools to to CUNY. You know, our two year and four year colleges are one of the jewels of the public education system in the country, but we don't do nearly enough. Um, and and the mayor hasn't really focused on this of c- connecting our schools to our colleges because that's really where we can make sure whether it's a two year or four year we're getting them ready for the careers of the of the future. And then the last thing I would say. And I talked about this in my my announcement speech. In my first 100 days, I would call together all the CEOs in New York, build corporate equity commitments where every company in this city would commit to hiring kids coming out of New York City public schools and our CUNY system. And as part of that, I would create a New York City job core, which would have the, the most aggressive, the biggest apprenticeship program in the country. Uh, we've always needed that, but we especially need it at this moment of crisis for our economy.
0: Well, you know, I'm on the foundation board of uh, City Tech in downtown Brooklyn, and I couldn't agree with that statement more because it's really uh, a critical part of our city and giving you know young people training in jobs that they can get in growing industries.
1: A- absolutely, and look, inequality in our city is is a huge problem even before this crisis we didn't have enough jobs that could sustain people's uh, livelihoods. And that's why in so many different areas, in my climate plan today, you see, you'll see, you see we really emphasize the importance of green jobs, creating a, a green climate core, which uh, does exactly that. Those are the jobs of the future. And, and look, you asked about NYCHA earlier. We should be building solar panels and the technology of the future into every building at NYCHA. It could lower the cost of operating them. It could cut utility bills for residents, and it could put NYCHA residents to work with energy performance contracts that uh, really train them for the jobs of the future. So I think in in climate and infrastructure, I've been working with uh, President-elect Biden on his $2 trillion infrastructure plan huge opportunity to rebuild our roads. We should have universal broadband, but we should have New Yorkers trained to do those jobs. And that can really be uh, a win-win for our people and for our economy.
0: You know, I'm interested to hear about one of your proposals I'd love you to share with our listeners, which is your 15-minute neighborhoods uh, proposal. Can you talk about that and what you envision and see how that can help New York?
1: Josh, one of the things that you know, if you live in a wealthy neighborhood in New York, you could probably get to everything you need in your life within 15 minutes, right? Uh, you can get fresh food. You can have a good public school for your kid. You can get access to transportation. You can get your health care. You can get a park with uh, you a know, place to play with your kids, to walk your dog, whatever it is. But we have too many neighborhoods in New York City where those things aren't available in, within 15 minutes. I, you know, I, I launched my campaign in the South Bronx on Tuesday at a, an affordable housing development that I created called Via Verde, which I'm deeply proud of. It has a health clinic. It has vegetable gardens and fruit trees growing on the roofs. It has a beautiful gym with a view out over uh, the South Bronx. It has a huge amount of what a family needs to have a decent life. But within that community, we don't have enough fresh food and grocery stores. We don't have enough mental health care. We don't have the access to alternative kinds of transportation, bikes and scooters and things. We need to we need a mayor who's going to make sure every single neighborhood has whatever it takes to build a decent life in this city within 15 minutes. And that's the fundamental concept there, um, and it's something I really think New Yorkers, no matter who they are, no matter where they come from, uh, what language they speak, everybody can understand in their heart and soul what a 15 minute neighborhood feels like. And we should aspire to make sure every New Yorker has that.
0: I I wanna just, uh, you know, you got out of the gates fast. So you'd recently announced, but you know, I think everyone has to take you seriously as a candidate with your background, but also, the amount of money that you raised you've outraised eleven other candidates so talk to me about how you feel in terms of optimism behind that support and and uh, going forward
1: I was really deeply moved humbled I would say at the kind of support we saw coming right out of the gate in the midst of a pandemic uh, you know I filed in in February I actually got a mild case of covid in in March as mm-hmm. the city was was locking down and it absolutely wasn't the right time to ask folks uh, to contribute to to a campaign. So in in just a very, very short time as the city started to open up again before the filing deadline in July, I was able to outraise everybody else combined in the race. And to me, that was really uh, a a showing that New Yorkers are hungry for a public servant, not a politician. So hungry for somebody who puts results ahead of rhetoric and and somebody who really knows how to get us out of this crisis because they've done it, because they've led through crisis. So for me, the fundraising was really just a a sign that many, many New Yorkers believe I have what it takes, a, a unique set of skills to get this city out of crisis at this moment. We've seen very, very good success. But I'll tell you something else, Josh, just as meaningful to me, in fact, more, is when I announced on Tuesday, the program was opened by Reverend Johnny Ray Youngblood who is a legendary leader in New York. He created more than 5,000 homes under the Nehemiah Plan in Brownsville, East New York, the South Bronx. I started working with him more than 25 years ago to build those homes. Almost all of them went to folks living in public housing, black and brown folks who'd never owned a home before, and it transformed those neighborhoods. Ana Vicente, who started working with Nos Quedamos more than 25 years ago in the South Bronx, and transform that community. Those are the kinds of leaders at the grassroots. Yes, I've worked with President Obama. Yes, I can work with Joe Biden better than anyone else in this race, but my feet are firmly planted in the neighborhoods of New York City because I've been working in those to rebuild those communities for almost three decades now.
0: You know, what would you say are the lessons that you've learned in life that have prepared you for this role um, as potential mayor of New York City? And what would you say to our listeners as to why they should vote for you?
1: Having led through all of the crises that I've seen, I talked about them earlier, 9-11, the Great Recession, Sandy, Ebola. What I've seen over and over again is two big lessons. First, those who are most vulnerable before a crisis hits are going to get hurt the worst by it. So I have to say, I was shocked, but I wasn't surprised that covid disproportionately devastated devastated our most vulnerable communities. Black and brown folks were dying at higher rates, our seniors. And what I take from that is as we look to rebuilding this city, we have to prioritize our most, most vulnerable communities. We have to measure the success of our recovery by whether those people and those communities are coming back. So that's first. The second thing is is something President Obama used to say to us all the time in crisis, never let a crisis go to waste. I've looked in the eyes of too many folks who've seen their home destroyed by a hurricane or stolen by foreclosure, who've lost a loved one to COVID. And what you see in somebody's eyes with that kind of loss is deep pain, but also an understanding that everything they take for granted is fragile, Which means that when you rebuild, there's also the possibility of resilience and building better, building differently. And that's the moment that we're in right now in New York City. Why shouldn't we have broadband for every single New Yorker? Why shouldn't we have a 15-minute neighborhood for every New Yorker, where everything that they need in their life is within grasp? Those are the kinds of thing questions we have to be asking ourselves in crisis is not just to rebuild, but to reimagine what the city can be. And that's for me, the power of being mayor at this moment. It's why, you know, I filed in February before COVID hit, before George Floyd was murdered. Many people say to me, are you sure you still want to do this? And what I say is I want to do this more now than I ever have, because this is a moment where we absolutely have to reimagine this city, build a vision of a city that works for everyone.
0: Well, Sean Donovan, thank you so much for taking the time to to be with us and sharing your back and your vision as potential uh, New York City mayor.
1: I appreciate it, Josh. It's been really fun being with you. I hope we'll do it again soon.
0: Likewise. Make sure to check out a new episode of Schneps Connects every week wherever you stream your podcasts or stream online at podcast.schnepsmedia.com.